Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Patrick uh, DJing a Smooth Soul Monday for us, doing a damn good job as always. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can use the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. We'll get back to uh, the national title game preview. We'll do that coming up uh, in the top of the 5 o'clock. Uh, UConn versus San Diego State. You guys excited about this? Excited? I actually am. You excited? I'm excited about it because I really like the way that they uh, both teams get after it on defense. Okay. Both of these teams are a physical basketball You know America team. don't like to see defense I understand that. basketball America game. really defense bad. Of, There's no Texas people in it either. Uh, that is also true. <laughs> America does not like defense. I remember that uh, Super Bowl between the Rams oh, yeah. and the Patriots. I thought it was a great game. Well, was it 13-11 uh, or something I like love that? that game. Everybody, everybody was like, oh, it's one of the worst games, worst, worst Super Bowls ever. I was like, no, no. It was a defensive struggle. It was a tactical, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a tactical kind of match, chess match between two great defensive minds. But it was not a boring Super Bowl. People were like, ah, oh, it was boring. People want points. Patrick, you excited about this matchup? Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> Patrick is not excited. Patrick about probably it. I know. I, enjoy, I just, I, you know, Americans. I just, and you're a basketball fan. Yeah. No, so. it'll be a fine game. I'm not excited because I don't care about either of the teams really. I hope for TC's yeah. sake that San Diego State does well, but UConn doesn't do anything for me. So I, it'll be a fun basketball game, but I have no stakes in it. So it's hard for me to care about a game when I have zero stakes in it. I don't think they're necessary. I think UConn may be the best teams are playing the best. But I think some of the better teams lost during it that I would have enjoyed watching more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just better players. So yeah. it'll be a decent it'll be a decent game. Yeah. No, uh, I we'll, we'll get into it and break it down, but yeah, I think a lot of people feel like Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll check it out. If it's trending, I'll check it out. Uh, but now I'm going to watch it. I But, uh, yeah, you brought up the point that my man Tyler Campbell, we were just talking about him uh, because he had his uh, his event over the weekend. And uh, he, uh, you were probably there. I was. The Barbecue and Boots event when yes. San Diego State uh, advanced via the late game uh, drama. Yeah. Uh, with it the game winning shot. It was outstanding because he walked up to me. Looked me dead in the face, and he goes, <laughs> Harge, my team ain't never won anything, and you best believe I will be there on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how intense he gets, I right? I know how intense he is. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see it right You can now. see that conversation. Yes, and he had on his red and black oh, representing, and he said, I don't care. You know my, my house is burnt orange to the core, but today – we are San Diego State Aztecs. <laughs> uh, no, I know he's excited. Yeah, yeah. he's probably yeah, probably in H town right now. Who oh, knows? you know he he's is. out there right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, great event. You talked about it uh, a little bit, but uh, it was barbecue and boots. I'd been there. Uh, last couple of years couldn't make it this year. It's a pro play MS day, but they have a a lot of great all time great I should say players who have uh, helped out with the charity uh, with the for the Campbell family who come no out and they do support and they're talking about guys with them yellow jackets, legendary lifetime Longhorns. It's a who's who. It's definitely the, a who's who. Yeah, you get the, you rubbing shoulders with Sark out there. Sark yeah, showed up represented. To, yes, he did. Yeah, came out there. Talked a little bit, made his way around, talked to everybody. And you said it. There was a ton of long, Longhorn greats that were there. Metcalf was there. Eric Metcalf was hey. there. Our man Kwame Cavill, Hodges Mitchell. Shout out to my man KL. Exactly, man. Just out there doing their thing and supporting um, the foundation. You know, it, it, it was real interesting to me because they. it was the first time that I'd ever been 
to that type of event where you learn a little bit more. I work in healthcare, mm. um, so it's even more so for me, and yeah. I truly enjoyed it and the knowledge that was gained. They had a panel before the barbecue, so it was really cool to see that as well. And even one of the the pers- the people that spoke is a former patient, and he, he was dealing with MS, and he's gone on to do amazing things. And obviously, Tyler, given his story and his testimony about it as well, it was an outstanding group of people, and I was glad mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Yeah, no, I'm glad he's, he's, I'm glad he's made an annual event. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It's really cool. And I'm with you. Learn a lot and get to know a lot of really cool people no doubt. when you go to the event. So it'll be it'll be happening next year. Um, he's kind of made an annual thing uh, with his charity, but shout out to my man Tyler Campbell and the uh, the uh, is the Pro Play MS Day, I yep, believe, yep. is what they actually uh, call it. But uh, barbecue and boots, he's got it's got a lot of different affiliations now. Everybody's trying to uh, be a part of it because it's such a great event. All right, uh, let's get to some Texas. Speaking of Texas, great. Let's get some Texas football. Hopefully, there are some uh, future legendary lifetime Longhorns practicing mm-hmm. right now on the forty acres. A um, couple of practice reports, and these are also reports from the scrimmage they had over the weekend, too, um, because the Longhorns had a scrimmage uh, over the weekend as well. I believe it's their second scrimmage of the spring, mm-hmm. and uh, they, I believe now they're on five practices left. I think so, because the <clears throat> game is the 15th. So, yeah, it's about yeah. five practices somewhere around there, maybe close to half a dozen practices left. Uh, so now you're going to start seeing, you know, uh, separation or at least hearing about some separation now. Uh, guys have got a few practices under their belts. So uh, shout out to uh, Inside Texas. They do a really good job of covering. So I got some uh, notes from them. Also, I got some notes from Horns 24-7. So shout out to my man Chip Brown over there. His practice report uh, kind of piecemealed some things together from those guys. Uh, and also shout out to Orange Bloods. Like I said, we got <laughs> we got an easy job. We right got man. it covered, man. Uh, yeah, I just got to kind of kind of piecemeal uh, the great work that all those uh, entities uh, put together. So uh, first, Texas standouts from the uh, spring practices. There's a lot of talk about Gavin Holmes right now. Mm-hmm. The corner transfer the from you know two transfers now that we have back to back from wow. corners. Ryan Watts was an integral part <laughs> of the success last year from uh, Ohio State, and now Gavin Holmes coming in from Wake Forest. These are guys that have already been on the field coming over here. Yeah, and I'm asked a lot of talk about him competing yes. at the field cornerback yep. spot. You know, guys, I, I'm big on Terrence Brooks. I thought Terrence Brooks would be able to lock that spot down, and maybe he has I'm not saying Terrence Brooks hasn't been performing well, but right now there's a lot of buzz about Gavin Holmes. 5'11", 175, fourth year. He's on the redshirt sophomore, but you know these extra years, COVID years, and all this kind of stuff, so uh, guys have extra eligibility, but apparently uh, based on uh, Eric Nileen's report from inside Texas, uh, he's been making plays all spring long. Uh, mm-hmm. He did get an interception uh, uh, in the red zone on Quinn Ewers uh, during that spring scrimmage, but this is one of the guys that's been apparently performing at a really high level, and now he's making things really interesting at that field corner spot opposite Ryan Watts because Ryan Watts has locked down that uh, that boundary corner spot. It's his, um, but with Terrence Brooks and with Malik Muhammad. Malik Muhammad is the freshman. Terrence Brooks is the sophomore. Uh, but nothing wrong with having depth at the corner at the uh, sec- in the secondary spot. And I also heard uh, inside Texas, I believe my man Paul Waddlington talked about that some of his sources said that Texas is m- su- surprisingly pleased yep. with the second group of DBs they have, meaning they got way more depth than they used to have. And that's a beautiful that thing, right? That's yeah. something that we've been trying to see growth at that position, you know, you're going mm. into the transfer portal for the last two seasons to find 
that missing piece. But you've also got some guys, like you said, Terrence Brooks, who is an up-and-coming, um, exciting young player that maybe he's going to press some people. But right now you're seeing the older players take that and not relinquish it. You talk about it all the time. When you were an older player, you was not giving up reps to the younger guys, and you were making sure you were the first one in line. That's what some of these older guys are doing right now. They're 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 holding those positions, but they're being pressed by those young guys. Yeah. Uh, speaking of young guys, um, Ethan Burke, another name coming up. Chip Brown brought up Ethan Burke in his report, uh, who's right now around six. Six 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 seven two fifty coming off the edge, and they're moving him around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, according to my man uh, Chip Brown, there he's flashing at the jack in position, um, but also there are reports that they're moving him up at different shades around. Sometimes he's is a guy that can play defensive end, um, but also a guy that they can move around at different um, positions on the defensive line. Sometimes moving on the interior as well. Yeah. So and they need somebody opposite Baron Sorrell to take over at that edge position. Now most of his reps are at the back at the second string defense end, but he is getting some reps with the first team as well. That's being reported. Um and Justice Finkley, I believe, right now is the guy that's getting most of the, the reps at number one opposite Baron Sorrell. Speaking of number one, where's number one? <laughs> Justin Finkley. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, Justice Finkley going out there. But he's pushing him. Yeah. He, that's, he's pushing him. That's good. What do, you, what do you always talk about? The more competition <laughs> that you have every single day at practice, the better off <laughs> your team normally is. If everybody's pushing each other to get better, it increases the 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 uh, growth of the team as well. We expect big things from Texas, and when you have depth at all of these positions, you can't help but try to go to the next level. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Alex Dunlap gave some love uh, via Orange Bloods to trip to to Ethan Burke and. You know him getting some first team reps, but majority second team reps, but flashing a lot. So you're getting multiple reports about Ethan Burke flashing as mm-hmm. well. Um, another uh, report, and we we and we heard Sark actually bring up the name Keaton Crawford last week. Yep, and he he was asked about guys sort of flashing who stood out in these practices. Um, and Keaton Keaton Crawford, in absence of Jalen Catalan, who's dealing mm-hmm. with the shoulder injury. Apparently, this guy who switched, and they like guys who have multiplicity in their skill set, versatility. He switched from a cornerback to safety. And apparently, now the light bulb is kind of going off for Keaton Crawford this mm-hmm. spring. Um, that And he's been, not only Sark has brought him up, but you have multiple reports. And Roy Richardson had a report over from Morris Bloods as well uh, that Keaton Crawford was also uh, flashing. And this is a guy that, you know, now he may be forcing coaches to look at a way to put him on the field. He, listen, we all agree Jalen Catalan and Jaron Thompson are probably going to be your starting safeties. Hell, but you may have to think about a three-safety package potentially with this guy. you got to think about a dime package. If you have Jaron Thompson, if you end up having Jalen Catalan, knock on wood, he's healthy. Yep, yep. Uh, you got uh, you got Ryan Watts at your boundary corner. We know Jaday Barron at that Nichols. Was spectacular last season. And let's say Terrence Brooks or Gavin Holmes, whoever, at the field corner spot. And Keaton Crawford's another guy that mm-hmm. may end up forcing his way on the field. Uh, and if you're short at linebacker, and I don't know how they look at their depth at linebacker, we know Jalen Ford's a guy that's always going to be on the field, never going to leave the field. You know, maybe you're deeper at DB right. than you're at linebacker. 
And if you can get some of those guys to play with a certain level of physicality. Love it. And there's a guy like Mo Blackwell who's a hybrid kind of guy too. I mean, I know he's more of a linebacker now, but I consider him more of a hybrid. I wonder if that's a way to solve your depth issues at the linebacker spot, off-ball linebacker spot opposite Jalen Ford, or maybe because of the young guys, uh, you know, Anthony Hill and Mary's playing, maybe you're not lack devoid of depth right. there. Right. I don't know. There's uh, a lot. There's a lot that – that he can evaluate at this time and try to figure out, okay, can we create this package like you've been talking about where we have these three safeties that are coming down and making plays and more of a physical one. But aren't you a – aren't you – is it you or Jeff Howe that's real big on Mo Blackwell? Uh, I like Mo Blackwell, but Jeff Howe loves Mo Blackwell. Yeah. So I would yeah. say that he loves Mo Blackwell. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, and I would say Mo Blackwell, there's a place for him. But speaking of, let's get to some of these other reports here. Uh, hearing from Eric Nyleen inside Texas, David Bender yeah. has been standing out. I talked to Jeff Howe on our Longhorn Blitz podcast. Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7. He says his source is saying David Bender standing out. I'm like, David Bender? Hey, David about, Bender? The guy that was a running back, that was a linebacker, that went back to running back, that's now back to linebacker. Right? <laughs> what, David Bender all of a sudden? Got to be a good athlete to be able to do that, I mean, though. this would be a hell of a you know reinvention by David Bender. Yeah. And exactly, he would have to, he would have to stave off the young bucks, like nope. Anthony Hill or Mo Blackwell, guys like that. If he can take that spot, and right now there's a lot of talk that he's been one of the more consistent defensive players all spring long. Like I said, a lot of different sources, multiple yep. different sources saying David Bender, yeah, showing up. So maybe you know the 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 the, the thought, at least the hypothesis that Texas is deeper at DV near a linebacker. Maybe it's maybe it's one that is flawed because I'm not sure. Maybe David Bender. Brings you more depth than I anticipated. There. Right, because there's a lot. I mean, I've heard his name now three or four times. He's he's, he's, a, he's been consistent. Been a hot name during the spring. <laughs> and by the way, there are spring superstars who only have great springs, and you never hear from them again. Yeah, it happens. It does happen. Uh, but it'd be we've seen it many of times. Oh, we've seen it so yeah. many times. <laughs> we've seen it many a times. So uh, yeah, there you go. That's and also uh, shout out some talking about defense. We might as well stay on that side of the ball. Uh, shout out to my man Chip Brown. Did a great job over at Horns 24-7. Well, he's, he's saying that the defensive line now, they got a heavy package. Oh, heavy. You like that, huh? Oh, yeah. You it's, like that, huh? It's Oh, it's heavy, man. It's yeah, heavy. I, I like it. He calling it heavy. It, yeah, it's it's real heavy. We got to find a cooler nickname for it than just a heavy package. But apparently he said that the, um, during the scrimmage, they unveiled a defensive line with Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Vernon Broughton. It has already been broughten. It's already Love been broughten on the D it. line. I like it. That would be pretty nice. Well, that's 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 something too. The D line is something that we've been <laughs> waiting to pop, right? So last year they got way better. They were grading out every single week on the defensive line as one of the best defensive lines. Well, now some of those guys are going to be gone, and you're looking at your depth again. That's going to be the key word for this season and the success for Texas. Uh, football is how much depth do they have, and they're <laughs> starting to develop that already. 
Big body package. There it is. <laughs> I like that. I, I like that. You know what? That is because think about the it. big sexies coming in because <laughs> uh, you know big men always think they got it. The big sexy package. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, ask Mark Henry what he thinks about that's that package right. right there, man. That's a that's a big package. There <laughs> it is. That's a that's a big package right there. Some blue uh, chew on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to call it the blue chew. Package. No, that's the blue chew. They got to pay extra for that. There you Come go. On. That's right. Pay extra for that. It's the blue Maybe chew. Maybe the guys can endorse blue chew. Maybe they can. Them youngsters. It is never about needing. <laughs> it's an enhancement. <laughs> I love that you never break character. You keep never break way character. You always the blue chew man. I love it. Uh, okay, but this this is uh, I love this heavy package because last year we don't realize, and it's it's weird to even say it because you know 2021 was such a down year defensively for Texas. Texas had the deepest interior D line in the country in 2022. Mm. Um, now you'll lose Kendrick Coburn and you'll lose, you know, a more Ojimo, but you still that's basically this big package here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that is the rest of your interior D line they put out there. I like it. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, Vernon Brown. They decided, you know what, our weakest position right now might be what on defense. The line, Defensive end. And yeah, I was going to say, and the linebacker, because you still only have one right now. You only got one. Yeah, but That's to true. your point. But it might be defensive yeah. end right now. And it's like, you know what? To hell. If so, we, and by the way, what do I always say about the Big 12? What's the Big 12? The Big 12 is a running league, cross dressing as a passing league. They're trying to fool you like they're trying to throw mm-hmm. the ball. They ain't trying to throw the ball. They want to run the rock. And if Texas and Texas defensive line was more than up to the task last year, and I wonder if this heavy package could just be situationally, of course, yeah. but also matchup wise, depending on who you're going up against, if you're going up against a team that wants to run the rock. Well, you can take that strength away immediately and force them to throw in the football. Where Texas has, I believe, a strength potentially. We just talked about the strength in numbers they have in depth, yeah, and just the defensive backs. They should be able to hold up this year. That was the weakness last year of the defense was the passing defense. You could not run on Texas last year. No. They were very, it was very aggressive. tough to yep, run on. Them. Yep, and the, the lateral movement that they have was so good too. Mm-hmm. I mean, those linemen—they may be big boys, but they got good feet, and they can always move around. And so that was good to see, and that's good that they're putting this package together because when you start looking at it, and your point is spot on about the running game in the Big Twelve, people get it confused a lot because they just think people are just throwing ten the years ball. ago. They think exactly. it's like 10, 15 years ago, and no, it's not it's, that it's anymore. It's far from that. Yeah. Far from that. And for them to be able to shut down the run and take away that, it's, it's one of those those things that even in all sports, what's he good at, take it away from him and make him adjust. Yep. And that is what they're trying to put together. And again, situationally, I think it'll work. Uh, I'm with you too. And this is a, and I know we're up against it here. We're getting ready for Harsh Knock Life. But um, I think this is worth discussing too, um, since we're talking about the the package here, the big package. I love the Specs text line. It's lit. It's lit. It's lit now. <laughs> I love. I love. I love what gets y'all's uh, creative juices flowing That's here. That's right. Uh, someone says the super. Ruben says the super size package. I like that. I like that too. The super size is not bad. Uh, one ton package. Uh, I like that from Day Drinker. Uh, the thick horns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. Uh, the heavy package, aka Bevo's beef. Oh. Ooh. That bad. might that, that might a get one. a lot of play. That's not bad, right there. Yeah. That one rolls off the tongue. I like Easy. that. Uh, yeah. So they, thanks for Bebo's those suggestions. Beef. Bebo's beef. Bebo. <laughs> Y'all check in. Come on yeah. up. Yeah, I like that. That's legit. Okay. Um. I'll keep them coming. Spec sex line. All right. Let's get into this report though, because this is also another name that has been constant. Um, in all the reports from all the different great uh, entities that cover Texas uh, football, Halford Collins. 
Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to, that I'm hearing it with so so much consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's from our good friends over at Inside Texas doing a great job, they've talked about Alfred Collins a ton. Um, now, um, um, and we talked about him on our Longhorn Bliss podcast. Me and my man Jeff Howe about you know if this guy can put it all together. I mean, he's got what it takes to be a war daddy. You don't just throw that term around and give it to anybody because everybody can't be a war daddy. Mm-hmm. But his physical dimensions at six five three like three fifteen three twenty yeah. whatever he is, yeah. he carries it extremely well. Uh, if if the light goes off and if the technique is sound and if he is fundamentally sound because to be that big you got to make sure pad levels got to be consistent your bgo has got to be consistent mm-hmm. all those things if it all comes together for him and right now uh, uh inside texas claims he's uh playing that three to three and five technique on the def- in interior defensive line if it all goes off for him and he becomes a force on the d line uh the potential of the the entire defense in my opinion Honestly, if he becomes truly a war daddy, becomes limitless. All right. I'm ser- I'm serious. If he becomes that, if he comes that, he has to be double teamed on every play. Right now, he does not have to be double teamed on every right. play. Right. Right. You can just single block him. But if he does, if he does, whew. if he does, because you got you to me, you always got you already got some guys that Tavondre Sweat's a guy that is a force. He's a guy that is a force. Um, I do think Byron Murphy consistently. There's talk now moving him around D line. He's he's probably your most consistent player on the defensive line. If Alfred Collins becomes the best player on that defensive front, gets to War Daddy status, which he could be physically as a five star coming in, then you're talking about Texas defense really taking a leap. Yeah, yeah, that would be something. It has not happened, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying he has been. We're hopeful. He has. Been, there's been a lot of talk about how he has improved this offseason and this spring, but you need him to take it to the next level. I mean, he's going into his what fourth year? Yeah, this is the time where he should have popped. Oh, should have popped. I, we, I was, we know. Uh, what, we know it should have been two years year. ago. I was going to say. Yeah, it yeah, should have been two about, years, man. Yeah, he ain't supposed to be a late bloomer. He's a five he star. May, he might be a late bloomer. He might have been talented enough to That's be a five star, but he wasn't mature enough to be a five-star. So he had to learn the ropes. And I'm not saying he didn't, but it was we didn't get to see that side of him a lot. And that is, if we're going to continue to keep hearing having these conversations about him, I'm expecting him to jump off the screen every single time, every week, week in, week out. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. That is not happening. But it ain't happening. That is not happening. <laughs> no, it's just flashes. They yeah. are beautiful. Yeah. Amazing, spectacular flashes. First off the bus flashes. Yes, but they yeah. are just flashes. No, yeah. that's the pictures from the paparazzi. That's what that is. That's what those flashes are. That's what those are. Yeah, uh, we need a little bit more than that from Africans. But there's been a lot of positive buzz about Africans. We got some more uh, Longhorn nuggets from spring football and scrimmage. We'll get into those at the top of the 6 o'clock. We got Harsh Knock Life coming up next. What you got for the people? We're going to talk a little bit more baseball. It's that time. Texas baseball, this is the first weekend since that stream. They won 16, but they Mm -hmm. lost two in a row. We're hoping that they don't have a new streak that is starting. Yeah, we don't need them kind of streaks. No, because they got a game against Air Force, and Air Force is – they don't have Paul Skeens like they did last year, but they got some players, and you know they're going to be scrappy. All right, uh, Texas Hardball with Hardball coming up next uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike. 
You have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, my man Patrick Davis does a great job of making sure that you, the fans, are all okay with the smooth soul of Monday. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HarbaughHards. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. So hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. I wanted to touch on this just a little bit about the baseball season, right? And remember I told you there's no time to panic. Um, this this conference is wide open when you yep. sit back and you look at it. Even in these games this weekend and throughout the season for Texas taking losses, it's been pretty much the same part of it. There's been fielding errors, not timely hitting, a lot of runners left on base, and not situationally playing the game properly. So this is one of those things. Texas, even during the win streak, there were some things that were happening during the game, but they were able to overcome them. And that's the beautiful part about it. But I kept saying, it's a long season. It's a long season. We'll start to see some adjustments. We'll start to see different people in different positions in the lineup. They'll be moving up and down. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, everybody was losing their mind about Dylan Campbell and his numbers. Now Dylan is on fire. He's out there slapping the baseball all over the place. Made a good, strong throw yesterday in the outfield. You got Peyton Powell, young man who's finally getting his chance in the lineup. He's doing well, still leading the team and hitting. You, you got Garrett Gilmette who's done a big job for Texas. He's been crushing the baseball, and he does a great job behind the play. The biggest thing for Texas now is trying to figure out what the rotation's going to be. We've had some different changes here and there on the on the mound, but the, it still comes back to the fact of when you're at the plate and you have an opportunity to drive in a run or advance a runner, you have to do so. You have to be able to do so. That that situation yesterday where they come up with the bases loaded and my man strikes out, uh, Thomas, the first baseman, strikes yep. out. You can't strike out in that situation. Cr- credit to the pitcher. He went out there and did his job. But as a hitter, you have to shorten up. You have to put the ball in play. And you have to make the defense make a play. If you strike out, they don't have anything to worry about. If you don't put the ball in play, you don't hit the ball in the air, you don't try to get – and I understand. I've, I've been there many a times. I get it. It's tough. Sometimes you're just in that funk. But there are some things that need to be worked out, and it's one. It's two games over a series. Mm-hmm. Texas is still leading the Big 12. I mean, they still have the best record in the Big 12. They have um, Air Force tomorrow. That game will be at 4 o'clock. You can hear it on 1260, right, Patrick? Shout out. You'll listen yes. to the game on 1260. So we'll still be here. We'll be watching the game here in the studio while it's going on. Uh, but if you want to listen to the game, you go over there. But there's just so many different things that you should be proud of this team for and not really dwelling on this. They get to go right back out there tomorrow, and then next this coming weekend they have K-State coming into town, another conference game. They're playing good baseball right now, but – I believe once you get back home, Texas will be back at home. They'll get their feet wet. I mean, get their feet settled and get right back after it. This team has been battling. They've been playing well. And it was just one of those games, the, the situation where Oklahoma State is probably 
the only other team in this conference that I would fear, right? Not fear, really, but just go out there and say they're going to have a good one, and so is TCU. TCU would be the other one, so you have that one late. But other than that, this Texas baseball team is fine. They're going to figure it all out. This is the time uh, uh, that they continue to move in the right direction. I think Coach Rodriguez has done a good job. Obviously, Woody Williams has done a good job with the um, pitching staff. But, yes, and the texter just asked about Tulo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tulo, Tulo was a big loss, but you still got to go out there and play. You still have to go out there and make the adjustments, and a lot of that has to do with your plate awareness. And what sure. I mean by that, going up there, knowing the situation, already preparing yourself in the dugout, preparing yourself on the on-deck circle, picking up little things on the pitcher. When does he throw which pitch at what time? These are things that I figured out later in my career. But now you can you you have so many analytics and, and video and trainer. Yeah. I mean, you got yeah. so much that's going on. The resources sometimes, are unbelievable. Yeah, the resources are so good, yeah. but sometimes they can be overwhelming. True. So if you can simplify your approach at the play, that's what you want to try to do. It, it's real simple when runners are in scoring position. And last night they hit into a double play. That's something, too, that they they don't do a ton of that. And it was just an unfortunate situation. So don't overthink it. Don't don't panic, people. We don't have that yeah. button. We ain't even got a sounder for it anymore. No, good. So don't even After worry about that. After 16 straight games. Yeah, you got some time to yeah, relax a little bit. I agree with you on that. No and, need to panic. And I think I told you all at the very beginning, you can go and look at the entire Big 12 Conference. They fit in really well with the Big 12 Conference. Um, I want to change gears a little bit, so don't panic on that. But sp- speaking of uh, – of schemes that we were talking about earlier. This guy has gone on and got the National Player of the Week. He's already got it one, two, three, five times this year. Mm. And Texas was in on him. And he decided to go to LSU and Jay Johnson. I don't know if it was about the NIL. I don't know what that was about. But he chose to go there. They're the number one team in the nation. He said he wanted to win a championship. That might be or part of it. So they have a lot of talent on that team. And He's gone out there and fit right in. As I told you last week, he may go one, he may go two, but they will have two of the top three players drafted in the country go one and two this year. Wow. So it's a very, very impressive part of what he's done already at LSU. But I wanted to bring this up because we were talking about this right before the season started for the major league season. We were talking about stolen bases and how it was a lost art, how nobody was really going to attack what Ricky Henderson and some other guys had already gone after as far as stolen bases. Well, in the first four games of 2022, 49 games, 29 stolen bases, and 14 caught stealing. In the first four games in 2023, there's been, I mean, the first four days in 2023, there's been 50 games played, 70 stolen bases, 14 caught stealing. So it's already increased the 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 thought process of putting guys in motion now has been so much more in tune to what the game wanted. And the batting averages are up also because of the fact the shift has been taken away. Mm-hmm. So some of those balls that like a Joey Gallo, for those that remember him when he was with the Rangers, he would hit like 220 but 30 home runs, 40 home runs. And he was like, man, I'm not trying to work on my average. I'm here for home runs. I'll get paid yep. to hit home runs, <laughs> which is fair. 
But when your average continues to be near the Mendoza line, plummeting, yes, it, it, it changes the way you're being looked at, and that's why you're bouncing now from team to team. So he now is with Minnesota. He's starting to hit the ball a little bit, and he's starting to get base hits. But the unique thing about the shift now, the unique thing about the shift now, you cannot shift your infielders, but you can move your outfielders. So they had a, the left fielder or the right fielder come and play shallow right mm. and move the other guys oh, around. Right. So can cover more space. Exactly. Got speedy, the split, you got two guys space. in the outfield that yeah. can – they're playing gaps yeah. while you're moving the other right fielder up to play like a short right field. Wow. So it happened the other day. He hit a ball – that was a base hit, but the right fielder had it and almost threw him out at first base, but he bobbled the throw mm-hmm. so he couldn't get him out. So they're, they're adjusting how the outfielders are being able to play in the shift. So Love they're it. trying to figure out different ways to kind of make these guys go back to, hey, man, you still got to learn how to hit the baseball yeah. and drive it the other way. So it's been really interesting. There's been a lot of fun with these baseball games. I love the fact, too, we were talking about the Rangers. We saw them put up a ton of runs this weekend, although yesterday I told somebody to take the over on the runs, and they the final score was 2-1. to one. So hey, every not, every, not every game <laughs> right. is going to be higher scoring. Right. But I think most of them are. They I haven't are seen the numbers yet about the scoring, but I'm going to research that. I bet they'll come out pretty soon, too. And for those novel novice baseball fans, Major League Baseball times are down 25 minutes compared to last year. It's beautiful. So man. it's continuing to drop even more so. Man, the games are being turned around. I went to the Round Rock Express on Friday. Shout out to those great folks over there. We had a mm. blast uh, getting to to watch the game, watching the speed of the game. They had over 13,000 people there for opening night for a AAA game. Wow. That is absolutely unheard of. People are ready for baseball people season, were re- And people <laughs> are glad to be back outside again. That is also true. You know what I'm saying? So you're having these opportunities that you're back out in the community. There's so much that happened over the weekend here in Austin, Texas. But Round Rock Express are back at it, and it was really Really fun to be out there. Uh, yeah, man, that's good stuff. And yeah, Texas baseball in action tomorrow. We'll still have our full show. Yes, uh, but we'll give some details about how you can catch Texas baseball, of course, because you want to hear Craig Wade on that call, of For course, sure. uh, versus uh, Air Force. All right, we got off the record coming up. Okay, so we have an update on the Chicago Bulls sweet stripper. <laughs> Apparently, life is really good for her since that story. We'll get into that. Also, uh, coming up, we got to get into this merger, huge merger in the sports entertainment world wwe merging with ufc that's huge i thought this was an april fool story it ain't it's the real thing it's big time we'll get into that a little bit as well off the record on the other side right here on ball don't lie on 104 the horn dd mega doo-doo i'm sorry mangudu once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break the head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. 
All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, there's some big news in the sports and entertainment world uh, that we have to address. Uh, so, gentlemen, apparently uh, WWE and uh, UFC uh, apparently are going to uh, be merging. Uh, WWE is saying goodbye to existing as a family-run business as it is going to join with the company that runs the UFC to create a $21.4 billion sports entertainment company. The deal announced Monday between Endeavor and WWE on the heels of the biggest event of the year, basically the WWE Super Bowl, which is WrestleMania. Um, And Vince McMahon, I mean, I think initially he purchased it for like a million dollars from his dad and like some other investors. Uh, but now partnering with UFC, it's going to be a part of a entity that is now worth upwards of $21 billion, yep. gentlemen. Would it be? Would it be? You said it, Rod. I mean, wow. the, the amount Vince McMahon bought it for was in 1982. <laughs> yeah, it's like a million. I yeah, it was, it was like a million. million it was a million. Like now that. it's nine point three. billion. It was a lot of money billion. back then. A lot of yeah. money back then. Yeah. A lot of money now, Now, by the way. for sure. But. And like you said, he bought it from his dad. Now it's so that like, was probably his allowance. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Vince. I mean, Vince had a vision. He had a vision. No, for, yeah, there, there's a, vision. a whole story about it. it Basically, is, yeah. he was, before he had bought it, he was running like boxing events and other stuff. And, and his dad did a bunch of stuff at MSG. His dad wanted him to take, when he bought it, he was like, you can take it, but don't try and take over other territories because that was not what you were supposed to do. Yeah, and he was like, I rules. won't. And then immediately did. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, but that first WrestleMania was basically, if, if that didn't work, he was going to be broke. He wouldn't make the money back. Yep. His dad would take back the company because the whole deal was he had umbrella payments over a certain amount of time, and if he didn't make one payment, the whole deal was off and he lost all that money. Yeah, and I think his dad died basically like two years later, and that's when he decided, I'm going rogue, and yeah. everything, every promise that I made about you know this thing, hell, I'm doing my own thing. And it, thank God he did because now the, the company is worth $9 billion, actually more than $9 billion. Yeah, that's great. That's great stuff, but can we talk about his mustache? Uh, yes, please. Go ahead. <laughs> somebody, Go ahead. somebody, somebody posted. El Guapo posted. He said he looks like somebody that rolls his R's when he tries to get a margarita. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that mustache, them eyebrows. My well, man I, Vince I McMahon. I thought he was going for some d- WrestleMania. I thought it was too. Like, plot or something. No, that, this is how line. out of touch this man is. It's the most recent film he's ever watched was Casablanca. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It's he's, like Clark Gable. No, it's mustachioed. It's, it is an old mustachioed. Yeah, he's mustachioed. It's a mustachioed McMahon. I mustache you a yes. question. Yeah, you gotta have like a certain like devices and uh, apparatus to make sure that you comb that thing correctly. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's I don't know what he was thinking there, but you know what? When you're about to become that obscenely oh, so rich, he, yeah. that's when you... You try at, stuff out. Exactly. <laughs> you, you try random stuff out. Look at the owner of the Raiders and all the haircuts he got. Is he bald now? Yeah. Yeah, well no, but his whole just, thing was it was too cheap to get a haircut. Once again, eccentric. eccentric. When you're a billionaire, that's pretty eccentric. That's pretty eccentric. We got Ty paying ninety five dollars to go get his right, haircut today. Right, B can be that cheap. I, I get like four or five haircuts a year. Yeah, because I'm cheap. But he doesn't need to be cheap. No, no. But he's also not uh, uh, a liquid billionaire. Oh, okay. He's not. He always if he sells the Raiders, he is a liquid billionaire. That's true. Until he does. He has a lot of responsibility. Well, that's why Vince McMahon, he's liquid billionaire now, so he's probably, yeah. he's like, I'm, I'm growing a mustache. I'm growing a crazy, crazy billionaire mustache. There it is. All right? I, I want to look, like, you remember you kept talking about the villain? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> how you guys doing? That's exactly how he, he looks like he laughs like that. 
So when you get that kind of money, liquid billions of money, you know what? You should grow a crazy mustache. You should do something. You should be allowed to. Something eccentric. You yeah. can't just be like everybody else. So you got to do something weird and eccentric. Like Elon Musk. Like, he's the richest man in the world. So everything he does is eccentric and strange and weird. That's like, very yeah. true. I mean, he's the richest man That's in the world. That's very true. That's what I would do if I was that rich. Love so it. there you go. Vince McMahon. And now UFC and WWE combining forces. That's, that's going to be different. Because they it, hated each other for a long time. Uh, well, they, well, it's no. It, I don't know if they hated each other, but they were basically UFC was trying to avoid being any in any way uh, in the public stratosphere being connected to wrestling in the WWE sense of wrestling, the entertainment sense of wrestling. True that they didn't want that. Yeah, but now I guess that. they've said. To hell with it. It's almost like how the how all the sports leagues fought they're being associated with gambling for so long. Mm-hmm. And then they figured, man, gambling is just as big as we are, if not bigger. Why not just associate with it? And then we could be even bigger than we've been. We'd be too big to fail. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And that's why I think UFC and WD is like, no, no, dude, we can end up being too big to fail. We can be that yeah, kind of company. I don't know if they're gonna be too big to fail. Really? No. I, I don't think it's a good deal. You don't think it's a good you deal? Not for the wrestling. No, I think the wrestling will get exponentially worse. Oh, I don't do because well, when you take watch non-wrestling wrestling people and put them in the world of wrestling, it normally ends up with things getting much and much worse. Could be, but that's what wrestling's been doing for a long time now, though. No, I mean, yeah. I know I get it, yeah, but I'm just saying like WWE like, now you got still Jake, has Jake Paul's wrestling. Oh no, no, no I'm saying like... right, people running it. Oh, running I'm saying it. when yeah, non-wrestling yeah, yeah. people run wrestling, they make decisions because they go, "That's stupid," and you go, "Yeah, of course it's stupid." We all love the Undertaker, and he was fake dead for thirty years. Okay, we we get it. We don't care. We like wrestling. So it always worries me when non-wrestling people come in because they go, we're real fighters. And you go, yeah, I get that. But just don't mess with it. That is fair. <laughs> I, I'll admit that could be the case. Uh, but, I mean, they see some. I mean, they see potential in it. Oh, no. they're, gonna, they're And by the way, I bet Peacock will be done soon and they will make it and mm. pay-per-views will be back because UFC is very big with pay-per-view. So I'm imagining they're going to go back to a pay-per-view model again, too. Uh, yeah, I wonder how UFC – I wonder, yeah, I wonder if – Wrestling people are excited, or UFC people are excited, or they're, they're pessimistic and a little, you know, su- suspicious of this whole thing. Very. I, I wonder if they're excited about it, or if they think, like you said, yeah, it may end up deteriorating the actual product itself. Yeah, and we'll we'll see too. I I can guarantee the wrestler is probably not thrilled to join with a company that grossly underpays its professionals on the UFC side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of why the business model works so well for UFC. So, <laughs> so we will see how many people get. I mean, WWE's cut costs a lot recently, so we will see what they do again now. Yeah, man, that's. Uh, but it's a it's a huge story. I, I was a little shocked that it happened too. Um, but yeah, basically, Vince McMahon has been he's been he's building his exit strategy for a while now, and I guess this is the ultimate exit strategy. For well, him. I think he just started back with the company though. Yeah, but like he wants a, to sell. He still wants to run it, though. Yeah, but he. Yeah, from what I hear, he's not going to be able to run it. Not no. the way he wants to no. run it. Not with no. these people in charge. No, no. exactly. Because he he's a he wants he's a dictator. Yeah, but which is he's been great. Which by is the way. why he grew that mustache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what a dictator would that's do. That's what a dictator but, would do. Yeah, he's not going. But no, UFC. He, actually, UFC has also ran almost like a dictatorship as well. Mm-hmm. You can't have two dictators. It don't work. Nope. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna what's gonna kill the other off. We know how this is gonna play out. And trust me, Vince McMahon is probably on his way out in some way, form, or fashion. Uh, all right. So there you go. Little uh, uh, news there. Oh, by the way, the uh, the stripper from the uh, yeah. Chicago Bulls suite. She says business is booming. She says she's never been. She's been booked. 
She said she is turning down uh, appointments and bookings. She said business is great, and it's, it's one of the best business decisions she ever made was dancing in that tweet. So, boom, and going viral. and going on the news. I was going to say, yeah. now everybody's trying to find her. Everybody, you know what I'm yeah, yeah, exactly. Her name is uh, Pretty Rebel. Oh, yeah. It's uh, perfect. That's her. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty rebel, I guess. Yeah, but I she's. Be a rebel, pretty. Uh, yeah, she's great. Uh, I saw her. Well, I saw her video. Yeah. She, she looks like she really knows what she's doing. She's she's talented. <laughs> so she's been uh, she's been he- she's been heavily booked in the last few weeks since that story broke. So there you go. Congratulations to her. All I right, we'll come back. We'll get into the national title game preview. We'll break down UConn versus San Diego State. Rodney Terry setting the record straight. He was in H Town uh, and he was on a show and he said some things that uh, people some people were critical of. Actually, thought Rodney Terry was a uh, bit a little too braggadocious. They probably uh, didn't listen to the audio. Uh, yeah, we'll. Play the audio. Yeah, that's so we what will I'm play saying. it. You might have read the transcript. We'll mm-hmm. play it for you. Uh, also, Tyrese Hunter news. We'll get into that. And the story that has captivated the country and made women's basketball uh, the uh, top a topic of conversation among many sports shows around the country. Caitlin Clark and the Angel Reese trash talk. We'll get into that as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.